Hey, my name is Lizzie Smiley, and I absolutely love helping people connect with their calling and all the tools they need to kick roadblocks and excuses right out the door so they can cultivate the life they dream about. If you want to launch, grow, pivot, or scale your Etsy shop, or you've always wanted to develop the mindset and skills to run your own business, then I'm your girl. I've had that entrepreneurial spirit going strong since my very first lemonade stand, and now I'm a work-at-home mama with multiple online companies and a full-time Etsy shop, all while being present with my kids for the everyday chaos and most important milestones. On this podcast, we'll talk about all things business, mindset, Etsy, creativity, dazzling our customers, and so much more. There's plenty of room at this table for you, so scooch on in and let's go. I'm holding nothing back. Welcome to How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. I'm so glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to the show this week. I'm so excited to be with you and to talk about branding. I have gotten so many emails. Y'all have been asking for more branding for probably about a year. And it was actually kind of amazing because Lauren Felter reached out to me and I don't know, I don't know what brainwave it was, but here we are and now we have someone to chat with us about branding. So um, let me tell you a little bit. Lauren Felter is a design educator for non-designers and former ladder climber. She spent the first decade of her career overseeing marketing operations and technical systems for a university admissions office while also teaching design as an adjunct facility or faculty. (laughs) Such a Lizzie moment. After following the path to traditional success, but only finding intense burnout and an identity crisis at the top, she blew it all up in January 2020 to do it her own way. We love that, Felter. She turned her highly sought-after university design course into one specifically for non-designers who find designing an inevitable part of their regular to-do list. She prides herself on a no-shame, no-shade approach to her web design, branding, and design education. So Felter is going to chat with us about general branding because I know like many of us are not just on Etsy, but we also have other websites or we're building an email list or we're on social media and there's a really important brand cohesion factor to that. And she's also going to give us like really specific tips to help elevate our Etsy shops as well. So um, I'm excited. This is a different kind of episode. It's different, but it's very like tactical. And I also think it's, it'll really get some wheels turning. So please help me welcome Felter to the podcast. Hey, Felter, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so glad you're here because my people have been begging for you. They have been asking for branding for months. Yay. Well, I'm here. (laughs) You're here and you're perfect for this. I'm actually, I'm really excited with everything you have to offer. And with your background, I feel like you're going to get us better than the average person would. And I, that's like, I feel really strongly about that on the podcast is like, I, my audience means the world to me. And so, um, you're just, you're the perfect fit. I'm really excited for them to meet you. You guys are going to love Felter because, um, she's, she's so put together. (laughs) Like she, honestly, I really need her in my life. We're going to be a really good pair because I'm going to be the hot mess, like all over the place. And she's going to be like, no, here, we're going to do this. And when you get that, you got a powerhouse team. So you're going to really enjoy this. But Felter, I would like for them to hear from you, like your end of your story, your background. And how did you become passionate about branding? Because I don't feel like everybody falls into that. So I'm just very excited to hear how that all happened. 
Yes. So my journey is windy as many of ours are. So I started my career working for a university admissions office. I was doing marketing and I also was teaching a course at that university at the same time. So it was a course for freshman and sophomore communication students and it was called visual communication and it was, you know, they learned to make a flyer, make a brochure, make a quick little video. And so I worked at that university for six years. I needed a little change. I went to corporate consulting. I really hated that. I hated having to log my hours, which is ironic because now I log my hours for fun, like just to see how long things take me. Um, And so in January of 2020, I was like really in this place that I just felt like I had made all of the decisions in my life up until that point because I was supposed to like you know, buy the house, get the master's degree, climb the ladder, do all the things. And I was like, oh, if I do this, this, and this, then I'll be happy. Well, I did this, this, and this, and I was not happy. And I felt like this life is a fraud and you people lied to me. And, you know, I was on a journey. And so basically I was like, I need a big change. I want to do something for myself. I want to, you know, explore the country. So I said, I'm going to go out. I'm going to be a professional speaker. I'm going to sell my house and I'm going to live in Airbnbs for a year because I knew I wanted to move, but I didn't know where I wanted to move to. Well, do you remember when I said that this was? It was January 2020. So I did quit my job. I did sell my house. I booked my first speaking gig on March 27th, 2020 at Vanderbilt University (gasps) and none of it happened. I ended up having to live with my parents for five months while I quote unquote waited for the pandemic to be over as <laughs> you know, we kind of all did. Um, but ended up like piecing together a ton of part-time jobs. One of which was I continued teaching at the same university and, you know, online, of course, an Etsy shop was one of the things that I tried. You have to tell us about that. Like we obviously have to know about the Etsy shop. Yes. And so what kind of led me to where I am now is that in, at the end of 2021, I started working with a career coach because I was like, look, like I didn't quit this like high paying corporate consulting job to just piece together part-time gigs. Like I want to do something that I care about, that I'm passionate about, that's creative, that I can help people. And so she kind of helped me realize that, hey, this thing that you're doing, this course that you're teaching, this is something that not just college students can benefit from, but VAs, freelancers, business owners, nine to five professionals, you know, you could turn this into an online course. And so that's kind of where this arm of my business, you know, really blossomed. And so I have my course create with confidence. And then I also do done for you branding and custom websites. What's your favorite part? Like which, which thing do you love doing the most? Like you get the most excited about? I love the excitement that people see a when they realize that like they can design because that's a big question that I get is like really but like you don't understand no filter like I really suck like I'm really bad at this and I'm like no you don't understand like I've taught even the most design challenged of individuals like you can learn so I love when people get excited and they see like these aha moments of like oh my gosh this little thing and then like in my done for you work when I get to work with clients and like they're just completely blown away by by what they see the transformation is so fun, right? Yeah. Can oh, we yeah. can we know what you sold on Etsy? 
So, I mean, it was like girl boss, girl power merch. Really? So it kind of, yeah, it went along with like professional speaking part of it. So, you know, like uh, my goal was that I wanted to speak to young adults, college students and empower them that, you know, they can do whatever they want. They can live the life that they want because I was on this journey of like, I'm doing whatever the F I want. Yes. All right. Yes. Um, no, and, um, and yes, yeah, so it was, you know, like you can see behind me these bins that I at one point ordered a hundred hats because I had 400 Instagram followers and I thought that I would sell a hundred hats on Valentine's day and I sold like seven. Um, so I now give them out, but yeah, I did print on demand. And then I also did like a bulk order of some fun girl boss empowerment items. I'm so glad that you get that side of, you know, what we like to talk about here because it's a whole you you really put it well. It's a whole journey. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other thing I'm through. I know I'm going off script, but like you, you've met me now. Uh, can we? Can you tell them? Because this was one of my favorite things about you. Um, you, like your name story, like how we go. Why? Because Felter is very memorable. But I have to keep reminding myself. Don't call her Lauren. It's Felter. <laughs> and all I see in my head. Like, well, I don't actually really see pictures in my head, but in my head, I keep thinking, like, think of like a jersey. It's like Felcher on the back of her jersey. Like, that's all I can think about. Can you please tell the little story? Because it's so good. Yeah. So I'm from a really small town in Mississippi, which you cannot hear from my voice, thankfully. Um, And I went to all girls Catholic school starting in the seventh grade. And there were only 44 of us in my class. But there were three Laurens. So there was Lauren F. That was me. There was Lauren S. And there was Lauren W. And I had a history teacher and he was like, this is too much. Like, I, like you're going to be Felter. You're going to be this. You're going to be this. And so starting in seventh grade, like it just kind of stuck. And so I really like being different. I like being unique. And I just, I, I like being Felter. And then of course, Felter Unfiltered came about because when this was just a working title of, okay, I'm going to be a professional speaker. I know I need a brand. And I just kept referring to it as this is like my F you to the world. And then people have told me my whole life that I'm very unfiltered. And one day I was talking to my best friend, Janae, credit to Janae, and it just kind of filter and filtered. Like it just, there it was, was born. I love it though. And I think it, it's such a, like, it's very memorable, especially because like when I see you, I like, I see this very put together, like beautiful, sophisticated woman. And she's like, I go by Felter. And I'm just like, you just threw me for a loop. It like, <laughs> like I'm all like, she's going to be really cool. Like she's going to be really interesting. So, but it, I also think it's a really interesting branding choice because you are branding yourself that way it takes it it takes it a touch more casual whereas otherwise you know your brand is more formal so i really i really like it i think it i think that story in and of itself is a lesson yeah yeah whenever i hand <laughs> my business card to someone you know on the front it's like lauren felter felter unfiltered whatever and then you flip it over and it's my logo that says f you and you know and it always gets a giggle. People are like, Oh, I get it. I I get you now. Like I get this whole thing. And that's branding y'all. That's so smart. And obviously I haven't gotten a a business card. So I never put the F you together and I'm going to blame it on sleep deprivation because I really should have picked up on that. Um, but I love how like literally when I first met you and I'm like, Hey Lauren, you're like, actually it's Felter. And I'm like, it's okay. And I'm like, and I respect that because everyone wants to call me Liz. And I'm like, "Mm -mm, I'm not Liz. I'm Lizzie. And I mean, I I say it's because, you know, 
I was Liz all through. Okay, did you ever see what was that movie with Julia Stiles and Heath Ledger? Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. No, you're too young. You probably didn't see that movie. I okay, well, told you that I'm from a small town and that I went to Catholic school. I've seen almost no popular movies. <laughs> That's good. Okay, if you ever do you like 90s like rom-coms at all? Was that would that ever be something you'd watch? No. She's like no. Not so like, much. I well, mean, yeah. I watched Runaway Bride on repeat. That was like my go-to, oh. which I feel like is unfortunate foreshadowing for hopefully not <laughs> the rest of my life but um yeah that's like the only one if you grow a wild hair this is an unusual julia styles is epic and heath ledger you can't go wrong but basically the premise is that julia styles character was they were in high school and she was mad at the entire world she was so mad she was just going i mean and her mom had died young there was all this complicated stuff um shakespeare's taming of the shrew it was kind of like an updated modern version of that like i'm not with the language or anything but like it was that story so she's the shrew and the guy comes in and like completely softens her but the point is is that was me going through high school y'all are gonna laugh because you know now i'm just a big like like teddy bear goofball but i was mad and i was liz <laughs> and i think i went through my own like transformation and became lizzie and now when people call me liz i'm like you don't like no especially when they when i've i'm like oh no i i really do go by lizzie i'm perpetually 10 years old and they'll kind of laugh and then they'll keep calling me liz um and i'll be like you don't get it so all about the branding and there's so many different ways we can do it, but let's, okay. So I really want to get your eyes and thoughts though on the, on the Etsy journey specifically, because I do think it's a different use case application for branding. Um, and I think my people get really lost in the weeds. Like they go too far. They like spend years on the branding. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's get the product out the door. So Felter, how does branding apply to an Etsy shop? So First and foremost, before we talk about branding on Etsy, we need to talk about just branding in general. And okay. so my big thing that I always talk about is that every font, color, shape, picture that someone sees is communicating something to them about who you are and what you stand for before anyone ever reads the name of your store, a product description, your about your Instagram bio, any of that. So when I see fonts, colors, and shapes, I'm picking up on your bold, your sassy, your, you know, rustic, whatever it is. And so it's really important to be very clear on what are the things that I want my brand to communicate and making design choices that reflect whatever those things are. That is like the most Simplistic way, you know, that I can say it. It's an entire module in my course that I teach. It's, you know, weeks long projects that I do with clients, but that is really the key. So from there, we say, okay, what is the thing that we're trying to communicate? Are we trying to communicate that we're high end? Are we trying to communicate that we're approachable? And then from there, we make decisions like, okay, so we're selling jewelry. Are we going to take product photos on acrylic stands because we're high end or are we going to take photos you know maybe on like something a little bit more down home approachable because that's our approachable vibe that we're going for so that's kind of really how i see the branding playing out throughout etsy are you ready to start building your social media presence to help market your etsy products but not quite sure where to start 
I am so excited to tell you guys about the social media membership that I'm a part of called Julie's Biz Boutique. My friend, Julie Oxendine, started out selling wreaths on Etsy and has built a monster of a social media presence of over 1 million followers who buy her products, her tutorials, and her courses. She is the queen of Etsy social media coaches, and I cannot recommend her more highly. She's also so relatable and genuinely interested in helping you grow, which is just my kind of gal. Her monthly membership will keep you up to date on how to best leverage all of the platforms with their ever-changing algorithms <laughs> and connect you with a wonderful community of like-minded makers. As a member, you will also get immediate access to Julie's library of over 100 training videos on everything from Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Etsy, and even more. <laughs> I could keep going on. It's the best bang for your buck that you can get to learn so much about social media and find the inspiration and help you need to start growing your following. Fun little secret too, I gotta plug this in. Julie's membership only opens to the public for new members a couple times a year, but since she loves us so much, we get special treatment and you can join us right now. So just go to howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash Julie to learn more and get enrolled today. Once again, that is howtosellyourstuff.com forward slash Julie. And I can't wait to hang out with you there. You know what What I mean, that made me think, though, is your whole point about branding, period, is, and I'm so guilty of this. Like, I remember when we first talked and I, I, I like, I almost felt strong, like strong enough to be convicted. I'm just like, ooh, ooh, I have a lot of work to do on this um, because it does not come naturally at all. I, I think, I think my listeners would say the branding comes out in my personality, you know, like it's going to be really down to earth. It's going to be really approachable. It's going to be like unfiltered, but in, in like such a in like a sweet kind of a way, just like, I'm just going to spill the beans kind of a way. <laughs> and that, that would be like, like fortunately, probably they don't even go look at the, well, fortunately and unfortunately like at the website, but um, with my like 17 colors. But I was thinking about this the other day about how you see like, there are kind of like trend colors that then all of the coaches doing their courses will all grab onto the same colors. And there's, it does almost create this confusion. I, I, I know I sometimes look at people's websites and I'm like, wait, what do you even do? Like, and part of it is they're just not, they're just choosing what's on trend rather yes. than what's on brand. Is that like a thing? Yeah. So a lot of people, A, don't know that they should be choosing fonts, colors, and shapes based off of what they want to communicate. And a lot of people just pick what's popular, pick what they like, yeah. pick what other people in their niche are using. And I mean, I see it all the time. I work with people all the time that I recently did a website for a lawyer and he, I said, you know, hey, tell me about like, how did your current site get created? And he's like, I went to Fiverr and I said... I'm a lawyer and I need a website. And his website was like aggressive and intimidating, but his wow. whole vibe was that he was compassionate and that the majority of his clients were females. And so he was like, yeah, I listened to you on a podcast and I realized that my website doesn't communicate what I needed to. And so we softened the colors, we softened the shapes. Like it, it's all comes down to like color psychology and, and shape psychology. Oh, I could geek out so hard on the psychology part. That's where you can really pull me into branding. Cause I, oh man. Okay. So like, and you've already touched on this, but I, I know you've got notes. You'll have more because you're you, but what is like good branding? Like, what does it look like? Is it just, you just know it when you see it or is it more scientific than that? An exercise that I teach in my course and that I do with all my done for you clients is I say, give me five words that you would want your ideal person to use to describe you when they see, hmm. you know, anything that your branding touches. 
And, you know, Lizzie, for you, those words might be like, fun, excited, approachable, you know, whatever they would be. And then from there, we're going to choose two to three fonts, six to eight colors, and about four design elements. And that is going to be our design infrastructure. So let's say that, you know, we're going to use fun and exciting. For fonts, we're probably not going to pick very formal looking serif fonts. We'll probably (laughs) put a script in there. We'll, you know, they'll be a little bit softer looking, um, a little bit more playful. For the colors, I know you use yellow. That's probably going to be, you know, something that's in there for fun and exciting. A lot of primary colors. And then for shapes, we're going to use like, you know, squiggly lines, circles, anything that conveys like that fun, that excitement. Like that's what branding is. It's not just slapping a logo on something. It's not just changing the colors. It's all of these things that paint a picture of who you are and what you stand for. When you said elements, what did you mean by that? So it's, are we using center alignment or left alignment? Are we using straight lines or squiggly lines, brush strokes? Are we cropping a picture to a circle or a square? Is there space between the elements? Do they touch? Like it's, it's layouts, it's shapes, it's all of those things. That is so, I'm, I am absolutely geeking out. I didn't know that your alignment communicates your brand. Like, skirt, what? (laughs) I mean, think about it. Like if everything's left aligned, that's more professional. That's more buttoned up, but mix of center alignment and then left alignment for just paragraph text. That's a little bit more fun. And like punctuation, I'm sure too, kind of plays into it. Like do you use a comma or do you use a dash? Like do you... And capitalization. That's a big one is that like if you, like I like to do, you know, like lowercase for things because it's a little bit less formal. But let's say, you know, like the name of a product, like if it's, you know, hat for the beach, if it's capital H for, you know, capital T, capital B, that's a little bit more formal. That's like a book title. Or if it's just hat for the beach and just the H is capitalized and the rest is lowercase, that has a little bit more of a casual vibe to it. I shout everything. So it's all, all caps. (laughs) Maybe not all she's. I've already told Belter that after my website or not website, my course reconstruction, we will be talking. But I do think I do think I've got some of it down. It's kind of fun. And I'm really love I love like a little space between letters. And I love anything that looks like it's been hand drawn like a Mm -hmm. little more. And you're just like, "Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, and that's I mean, I, I think that's the thing is that whenever I work with people on a brand refresh, I've never encountered someone where we've changed every single thing. Typically, it's you at your heart kind of know what you're working with here, but we need to bring in a few more colors so that you have more variety that you work with. We need to clean up the design elements. We're going to stop using this font because this is not what your brand is communicating. It's really just kind of refining and and making all those decisions. And then from there, we make everything consistent. I think it's like all good until we get to cohesion. Like then, then sometimes it's not all very cohesive. And then the differentiation among, you know, your pillar content, I know we're getting a little off Etsy here, but it does apply because if you start building an email list, you start building your social media and all these other things, there's a cohesion piece. It's not just your storefront, but like 
that's where I think I, I'm so guilty of like, I'm, I am embarrassed to let you see like some of my opt-ins and things like that and how different and like disorganized they look, even though like my, my, <laughs> I laugh when I say that my website's the place I put the most thought into. Like I do have a brand cause I have like VAs and stuff like that. I do have like a brand thing, like here are the fonts that I use and here are my, you know, I think I have six or seven colors, you know, things like that. It's like, it's when you start seeing everything going off into a different, especially when the social media doesn't match the website and all of mm-hmm. that. But like how, okay, you kind of already talked about how to choose fonts and colors. So I'm going to jump into what about like product photos? Because that gets really interesting too. I, coach people to use, okay, like we get 10 slots on Etsy for product photos. And your first one needs to be your like smashing best thumbnail lifestyle picture that will jump out in the feed results because that's the hardest thing to do. And then the others can be toned down a little bit, but you want to use all 10. And I encourage a lot of graphics, like make sure you've got, like, do not trust people to go look in that listing description. They're not gonna, like only 2% are gonna. So you've got to have like your sizing, any graph, like there are graphics. So I would love your thoughts on like what we need to be doing there in that space. So, I mean, I think, you know, something like a size chart, for example, that's not a place that we should be using a script font because, you know, writing out small, (laughs) medium, large, and then numbers in script, like that's a place where you need a sans serif, which is, you know, like doesn't have the little feet on the edge of it a very simple, very clean, very easy to read font because the purpose of that graphic is conveying information. If you want to put a headline that says size chart or how to pick your size or whatever, that can be a bolder font, like a a branded script or a branded serif, whatever it is. But I, I see a lot of times like people think, okay, like this is one of my fonts. I have to use it everywhere. But One of the things I teach in my course is legibility. And it's really, okay, I teach all the rules. And then the last one is, if it can't be read, none of the other rules I just taught you matter. Yeah. And so that's, I'm going to pick on you because I know one of your brand colors is yellow. Don't ever put yellow on white. Don't put a light color on white. Don't put light pink on white. You know, if, if you have a brand color that can't be read as text, don't use it for text use it for accents, use it for shapes, use it for other things. Like legibility is really critical when you're trying to convey important information. Yes. Yeah. I use like the Etsy orange. And then where I sometimes get in trouble is I do have kind of like a, it's not really a teal. It's kind of like a sea blue green that it's very calming. It's very peaceful. So depending on what I'm doing, but that one won't show up great on white at all. And I often find myself like, oh, I want to use this. And so sometimes I can maybe put like an outline around it, like a black mm-hmm. outline or something like that to get it to pop. But I have been in that situation so many times where I'm creating something. I'm like, I cannot read this. I have to pick one of my other colors. I'm not as excited about, but it looks, I can, we can actually read it. So it might, might do its job a little better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, kind of what I do with my brand refresh clients is I'll look at their colors and I'll be like, all of these are dark. So all you can do is put white text on a dark color or all of these are light. Like how are, which color are you using for a heading? And then they show me something and I'm like, well, I can barely read that. So we need some darker colors in here. So it's really, you know, having that, that variety, that mix of light and dark that is so critical with colors. Do you sometimes come in too and say, we need to ditch this color and pull in a different one? Like this would elevate it or like color combining. Like sometimes, you know, when you make one tweak to a shade, it's like, whoa, that just changes everything. Do you like to do stuff like that too? 
Yeah, because I think people get hung up on like, oh, my brand colors and they have two of them. And it's like, (laughs) okay, those are like the two primary ones that we work with, but we also need some lighter ones. We need some accent colors. You know, we need to bring in this whole mix of the palette so that everything isn't just so duotoned all the time. So yeah, I mean, I've never had, like if someone feels uh, like I had a client that I was talking to and she was, um, she puts on events and she had a lot of things that were red, like red tablecloths and red, you know, whatever for events. And she's like, look, red has got to stay. Like I have a lot of red stuff. And so it was like, okay, like I can work with that, you know, and we can figure out what we need to do to keep red as a part of it. That's, you know, me coming in with my problem solving abilities, but you know, like tone it down a little bit, maybe (laughs) like if uh, I'm like, if your business has nothing to do with Christmas and you're using like Christmas red and green, I'm going to be like, okay, one of these colors has got to go. We've got to figure something else out. That is such an interesting, I I remember seeing like the people who go in and they, they help you figure out your own personal colors, like the things that you should wear. And that can go into branding as well, you know, and they just have this ability to like tweak a shade so, so minutely. And it just makes this person come alive. It's Mm -hmm. so interesting to me. But you said something that kind of caught my attention too. Is it good to have like two primary colors and then have the supporting? Like, so, do, or is it do we not have to? You definitely want rules for your colors and how hmm. you're using them. Like, you know, I will dictate to clients like, these colors can be used together and these colors can be used together. But like these two cannot go together, you know, so, and sometimes there are like these, okay, you know, these are going to be the ones that we used most commonly. Like typically if you have eight colors, I will not create your logo in eight colors. I will create your logo in maybe three of them because the others are supporting colors. So there are kind of like rules that, um, that will form. I think that's so good. You guys I hope you are taking notes because all this is so good. Um, okay. When is it totally, oh, this is really interesting, especially as it applies to Etsy, but when is it totally cool to DIY your stuff? Maybe, you know, take your course, amp up our skills a bit. And like the, there's pieces of our business we can DIY. And when do we really need to bring in someone like where we're delegating, we're having an expert create something for us. What do you, I would love to know what you think the line is there. I mean, I would love to, and I'm terrified all at the same time. So I think the thing that I see people struggling with the most to, you know, what they really need to hire out is being able to achieve brand consistency because, you know, if you're purchasing or using templates on Canva and, you know, purchasing a website template and trying to piece together all these different things. Like at a certain point, unless the same designer has created all of those yeah. assets and we agree that, you know, the the layouts and all of those things are on brand, the thing that people need the help with is, okay, I need someone to kind of lay my foundation professionally. That's what I need to hire out to be able to achieve that consistency across platforms. I think it's wonderful that we can like DIY some of it and then bring in a consultant like you to just fine tune it because that one piece, it, you know, it's like, it's like you're creating your Etsy product. It's like that final, that final touch that you put on it makes all the difference. You know, like if I, if I painted all my signs and I didn't go in and connect like, or like touch up the little stencil edges or, you know, 
put that last touch on it, the whole, like it completely changes what my product is worth. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with our, with our branding and like how our, how we're going to present to the world. Like that little touch at the end can just, just completely change the whole game. What do you think are the top three mistakes? Like the biggest mistakes you see people make, especially, you know, like amateurs like us making, um, in their branding. <laughs> Yeah. So number one is choosing fonts or colors just because you like them. They're your favorite. They're popular. Other people use them. Like, you know, we we already talked about why we don't want to do that. Number two, piecing together templates. So, you know, like I said, left alignment, center alignment, cropping a picture to a circle or a square, all those things matter. They're important. And if they're different in different places, that, you know, looks inconsistent. And then the last one is being afraid to refresh your branding. A lot of times, you know, the word rebrand gets thrown around and people like panic and it really doesn't have to be this line drawn in the sand. Everything prior to this date looks like one thing and everything after that date looks completely different. You know, when I work with clients, we make sure that there are still elements of your original branding there, but we're just refining it. We're tweaking it. And we're just going to update things as we get to them. And I mean, everyone's branding evolves and changes over time. And I mean, really, every two to five years, you should be giving it a hard look of, is this branding still serving me? Wow, wow, wow. I think that's so And again, that doesn't mean new logo. That doesn't mean new everything. It's just like, let's pull out this color. We, We don't use it that often and replace it with a different color. We're going to stop using this design element and use this one instead. We're going to no longer use this font to where like it's still recognizable, but it just gets little tweaks, little, you know, it's elevated a little bit more and more. Like, yeah, when I think about an Etsy shop, you know, your, your um, shop header, the shop banner, I think should be changed out probably quarterly. Like that's one of those things that, especially if you're using it to showcase your products, which I recommend, it's okay if it's just a brand statement, but I think it's wasted real estate if you don't put some of your products on there and that should be like seasonally switched out. But then there's things like the graphics and the size charts. And those are, I think, two to three to five year refreshes where I noticed I would go in and be like, ugh, that needs, I need to, I need to elevate that. My my graphic design skills are better now. I have a little more cohesion. This was, we're talking, we're talking Etsy shop where my branding was a little better. Um, just, just putting that out there for you, Felter. And, <laughs> and I would see, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to elevate this. So I think, I think that it's nice. It doesn't have to feel so overwhelming. And then you really want to have that, I think, locked in as you go and you start building like a Shopify site. If you're going to bring a whole, alongside this whole other thing, like you better make sure that you're not super loosey goosey on Etsy so that when you're bringing people from Etsy to the, to, to your store, you don't lose the trust with them because they're like, where am I on the interwebs? Yeah. Yes. A website is a huge investment of time and resources and almost every single custom website that I build, I do a brand refresh before because we want to make sure that we're, you know, putting our best foot forward. And then that kind of becomes the model for the brand and everything is replicated from there. Okay. So if you've been around the podcast for a while now, you have heard me tell you guys that you shouldn't put all your eggs in the Etsy basket, right? (laughs) Etsy owns their platform and we are just guests. So it's super important for your longer term business goals to use your Etsy shop to build an email list. That way you can continue to communicate with the people who already love your products 
and create an asset that will stay with you as you expand your Etsy shop and beyond. The tool that I recommend for this is CraftKit because it compliantly integrates directly into your Etsy shop and will streamline a ton of work for you. Once you have CraftKit set up with your Etsy shop, and it's super simple, by the way, like no high-tech confusion or mess, which is a win. Every time you get an order after that, CraftKit is going to pull over your customer's email address and then automatically communicate with them with the messages that you set up ahead of time. So it's gonna auto send the messages you create as each transaction milestone occurs in the order process. For example, it's going to send a thank you for your order email, a notification that the order has shipped, a delivery confirmation email, and anything else that you set up within it. I personally love this automation, you guys. Like It's such a time saver, which is really critical when you become a busy shop. But even better than that, CraftKit is also going to start inviting each and every customer to join your email list, and it makes it super easy for both you and your customer. Once they hop on your list, you can set up a drip campaigns for days, reminding them about your brand and inviting them to revisit your shop. So if CraftKit has hit your curiosity button, which I hope it has, I made a YouTube tutorial that I will link in the show notes so that you can see a back office sneak peek of exactly how this works. I know that always helps. They offer a 14 day free trial. And if you use my coupon code, which is smiley, S-M-I-L-E-Y, all in caps, you will get a 50% off discount for your first three months. So I will link that for you as well. Whatever you do, my friend, cover your own back and start building your email list. You'll thank me later. I think that's, that, I think that's so wise. Like, I love that, that they get to do. And, and, you know, I've so had that experience where I, there's a website I go to all the time and all of a sudden they've done like a refresh and you're, I love how you put it. You're so right. I'm thinking about those times when I go back and I'm like, oh, I, like I know exactly where I am. I'm in the right place, but they have like, they have elevated this. <laughs> I, that, it's a good feeling. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And when that's done well, wow, it makes a huge difference for the user, especially like an everyday user. You like Canva, right? I would love to talk to you a bit about Canva. And if, if you think it's a good tool for our personal brand kits, if you recommend it or. So when I used to teach college students back in the 2010s, I had to teach them the Adobe Creative Suite, which like, if you're just trying to teach like a 19 year old how to make a business card, like that is way overkill. But let's be honest, the alternative was Microsoft Word, which if you've ever tried putting a picture or moving a picture in a Word document, like you probably wanted to throw your laptop out the window. So I believe that Canva has made design incredibly accessible. There are, you know, so many advancements, like so many different options to choose from, things like that. But where I see people getting into trouble with Canva is like, I sound like a broken record, just picking templates because they're popular, because you like them, you know, whatever. So not being on brand. And every time you need something new, picking a new template, like you want to make sure that you have, and you're, I don't know you're, <laughs> you're like, I've done that. You want to make sure that you have this kind of consistent bank that you're relying upon. So, you know, like a PDF, like you probably just need one, maybe two different templates that you're working from and they better look pretty similar to each other. You know, we don't want our stuff to look all over the place. And I recently created a reel and it was why you can't just change the colors of a 
Canva template and think that it's on brand. And I chose three different templates and they said the exact same thing. And they were my brand colors and people, you know, got a ton of views and comments. They were like, oh my gosh, this is really important because some had brush strokes, some had straight lines, some had the picture was cropped to like an organic, you know, kind of squiggly circle looking thing. And it was like, oh, okay, I get it now. (laughs) I'm going to go find that and I'll put that in the show notes, that reel, um, because sometimes those are such showstoppers and they put things into visuals that like you can't necessarily put together in your head without seeing it. So I'm really excited to see that. And I'll, I'll put, I'll post the link for you guys. Okay. Love this. Felter, tell us about your products and services. Like you, you have certain things that you offer. I think you're, I think they're awesome. I, I'm, I'm actually really excited to work with you later this year, but for, for the folks listening, like what, what, what's available that can help support if they want to learn more about like strengthening, strengthening their own branding. Yeah. So I have a free quiz. You can go to felterunfilter.com slash quiz and you'll, answer a few questions and it'll tell you what fonts and colors you should be using for your brand. So it's a really great way to get started and to kind of open your eyes and you can compare it to what you're currently using and okay, is there some overlap here? Are there some colors I would want to add or some fonts I'd want to add? Am I, you know, way off base? And then my course, Create With Confidence, it teaches you how to design really effective, compelling graphics no matter what platform. And it also teaches you, you know, what all the different fonts and colors mean so that you can make those really informed decisions. And um, do you want me to share the the coupon code in this part? Of course. Yeah, share away. I'll put all of it in the show notes too, but please do. And you can get $50 off the course with code SMILEY. So S-M-I-L-E-Y. So it's regularly $3.97. So with the coupon, you'll get it for three forty seven. I do that wow. math in my head because I'm not good at mental math. <laughs> yeah, don't even look at me. I'll have to, it'll take ten minutes while I pull out my calculator. And then, of course, if you're in the phase of business where you're like, "Filter, I don't care about learning, and I want you to do it for me." I also offer brand refreshes and custom websites, and have you know a lot of experience with e-commerce as well. So would be happy to chat about any of that. I know that there's a lot of listeners who are either in the process of or like are anticipating wanting to add their own website. So um, I think that's a really cool thing just to remember that you can help with that. Do you work with, you know, sites like like Shopify and Kajabi or what kind of platforms can you build on for us? So I build on WordPress. Um, so okay. I work with, you know, of course, WooCommerce Um and I, I'm actually not sure if there's a Shopify integration with WordPress, but you know, I know how powerful Shopify is. So I always like to help people figure out like, if you're like, Hey, th- these are my deal breakers or, you know, these are the things like, let's talk and, and we'll figure out what's best for, for both of us. But I mean, really, I come from a place of good design doesn't just look good. Yes, it looks good, but it also attracts the right person and it closes the deal. Like that's, I want to align design with your business objectives. I don't want you to just have this good looking site. I want you to have a good looking site that makes you money. Because at the end of the day, if they're not doing, if it's, if it's not, what is the point? What are we all here for? That is so good. Oh my gosh, Felter, this is so fun. So what are the best places for us to follow you and keep in touch and get like more tidbits? Yeah. So my Instagram, Felter.unfiltered. I share lots of tips and tricks and other fun behind the scenes things where I don't look so polished as Lisa. Oh, 
<laughs> I'm going to need that for my, for my ego at the end of this. Um, I'm over here like shrinking as we talk. Um, it's, it's so good though. I like, I love finding areas where I can grow and finding places where I can sharpen. Like to me, like, yeah, do I get a little insecure for sure? But that's part of business. Like if you're not getting a little insecure, you're probably not doing it right. Like, and it's just about, I think, throwing the ego out of the window and being like, oh, I, I love finding someone like you. This is so fun. So we all need to go follow you. I am so excited about a brand refresh. I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of follow-up questions after this one. This is some good stuff. I, I appreciate you so much. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, I like to operate from a place of no shame or shade. Like we're all good at certain <laughs> things and not good at other things. And I have people that come to me and they're like, afraid to even book a discovery call or, you know, buy the course because they're like, no, you don't understand. Like my stuff is bad or I'm really bad. And it's like, no, like you're good at the thing that you do. I'm good at this. Like, let me, you know, let's work together. Let me help you. Like, I never want anyone to feel insecure because, okay, so maybe your branding is in a really bad place, but like we could tweak it. We could make it better. It's like saying you're only going to go to the doctor when you're healthy. Like you're never going to go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. I'm actually really glad you said that. That's wonderful. I, I I feel like you are like so generous and so helpful and you have such a good eye. I'm extremely happy to connect with you. And thank you so much for everything you've shared with my my people. Yeah, thank you. This is great. You guys, I'm so thinking like I'm – Felter just – cracks me up. I adore her and I'm kind of, I'm planning on keeping her around. So I think she needs to come back like at least once a year and give us, you know, whatever the tea is. So you guys, you guys let me know and you guys hit, go follow her, sign up for a brand refresh if you need to. I mean, you better believe I'll, I'll keep you guys posted. You know, after I will let you know about the therapy session after I meet with Felter, not because she's, she's very sweet to me, but because of what I will do to myself. Um, <laughs> she's, so I will keep you guys posted on all of that. Um, but go check her out and I will see you all next week. Go make something awesome. Love you guys. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap on this episode of How to Sell Your Stuff on Etsy. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. If you're looking for more resources, head on over to howtosellyourstuff.com where you'll find podcast show notes, all the links from today's episode, the blog, courses, coaching, and more. If this episode was helpful to you, awesome. The greatest compliment I can receive from you is a rate, review, and subscribe on this podcast. Not only will it allow us to connect again on a future episode, it lets me know I'm providing you with value and helps other people find this content more easily. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for your support. Have a great day and see you next time.